You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Run It Back. Welcome back to Run It Back here with Jazz Malvern on Kansas City Sports Network. I am joined by none other than Sophie Smith, who is the other sideline reporter. You saw Hannah Whetstone on the show a couple times. Now you got the one-two of the one-two punch at sideline reporting. None other than Sophie Smith. Sophie, thank you so much for coming on. I know I've been trying to get you on this damn show for like yeah. weeks now, and it's finally worked out on a Sunday at 11 a.m. at such an odd time. So I appreciate it. Yes, thank you for having me. All right, so I look. I know it's been it's been a long time. Y'all ain't seen my face in a minute. Been about like what two weeks since I recorded another episode because thing is like I just moved. I'm no longer in Amarillo, Texas. I am now in Columbia, Missouri. So depending on what K State fan you're talking to, that may or may not be worse. So considering that K State did not have the best outing here like what three weeks ago, but we're not going to talk about that because that hurt. That hurt a lot, and they did not consider my feelings going through my first day of work. But all of these Mizzou fans, knowing that case, they lost to Mizzou. But it's all good. See, that's that's in the past. And obviously, I'm clearly over it. You feel me? <laughs> but what we're going to talk about here, Sobeen, K-State soccer, they, girl, they had a really rough stretch. They had, they had a really, really rough stretch. They, I think they lost, what, no. four straight games by, by two no. goals. They haven't scored a goal. I want to say, what, like? five or six games and they were pretty much winless for an entire month like their last non like non-win was of course they had a 1-1 draw against Cincinnati to start Big 12 play and then they were 1-1 draw against Creighton that they had they did not have an app they did not have a win since August that is really over a month before they had another win and getting another win in the win column until Houston came to town and K-State was able to get yeah. a 1-0 win against Houston. And, you know, that's crazy. Because Houston, I mean, I think they were, what, one? They were 1-4 in the Big 12 coming in. But yeah. they're, like, they were, like, 7 and They're a good team. Uh, they're a really good team. They had a lot of tough competition. And they were, like, they what like what is it? They were the number one team in the Big 12 with 30 with goals scored. They think they had, like, 32 goals scored this season so far. Do you know how ridiculous that is? Like, 30, it's been, like, Big 12. Yeah, in the big like in the big twelve, I don't even know what their national ranking is, but I mean thirty two damn goals in what fourteen games or whatever. That's ridiculous. That the fact that they were able to have those kind of numbers, they didn't get a single goal against this K State team. And so being we kind of noticed the past few games, and it'll probably the past couple games that you did on the sideline for soccer, Coach Dabini has been playing a lot of freshmen. Yeah. Why? Because you I mean you kinda have no choice. When you have more underclassmen than upperclassmen, I mean you know, come sometimes you're a little bit shocked. You got to play younger players, and that has worked out really well, especially earlier on in the season. And though these this one month stretch has been tough, but I know I'm kind of noticing Coach Davini. He's like he's in his like mad scientist era right now, and because of how much he's experienced wow. putting these like putting these freshmen and like they're he's starting freshmen. We talked about how deep their roster is, and they had a really really good recruiting class this year, and really good recruiting class last year right so obviously you gotta you need to play you need to play your best players and I know a lot of the older players who were really good for them last year who are sophomores juniors now and a couple in a couple of transfers one being in Kieran Singh who has really been beneficial and one of the few seniors on this team but he's kind of like I don't want to say putting them in the back seat 
necessarily. He's just experience like kind of experimenting to see what works. You know what I mean? Like, you already freshman, you know? When it's a it's a completely new team too, and they're so young, and I feel like there comes a time and point where you just have to throw them out there and see what they can do. And I mean, ballsy coming from like doing it with this Houston team, but I mean, it worked out in their favor. Yeah, and it's crazy because because like because I need to expand a little bit more on like why it's being like kind of like a mad scientist. You know, there's a certain <laughs> line between like you know insane and genius, yeah. and because of this experiment in a really tough Big Twelve conference where. Yo, anybody can get it any night, and unfortunately, K State has been in the wrong end of those. But they still have that capability. But it's just like they're they're a young team; they're not as experienced as some of the other teams. That has like a butt ton of, of upperclassmen, and honestly, been running the joint for a couple of years now. We're we're still at that really young phase, and it's just gonna keep going like that until they really figure it out. So you have all these different like it's not like a roster turnover. What I'm trying to say, like the starting line mixed up, like. Yeah. you're like because you started last week it doesn't mean you're gonna start this week and I think he just wants to see like what's gonna work sometimes it works good and when it worked good early in the season and this fast stretch hasn't been working well that's why he's just pushing and plugging different players in in the roster and in, in the deep bench but something that was I don't, I'm not calling it crazy but I'm calling it like once again this is this is some mad scientist stuff <laughs> Asmund Brown moving to midfield yeah I'm like wait a second she I think she's been in midfield what three game two three games now i want to say and so i'm like wow so you're moving your one of your best defenders probably one of the top defenders in the big 12 and moving her out of her comfortable center back spot and moving her to midfield position she has never played before and i was seeing like okay if this works this is going to be great they know we don't expect it to necessarily probably not work this season like the fruits of their lip maybe not won't show this season but when she's upper class when she is junior when she's a senior and she's more comfortable in that in that uh midfield role then bro you may you might have something cooking i know this experimental moment you gotta you gotta know it may not look it may not look pretty <laughs> uh this season you know they still have a chance to like make the big 12 tournament which is their ultimate goal just because this conference is a gauntlet i think they're like well if they won Against Houston, I think they have they have what they can get one more Big Twelve win at some point, and they'll be top eight in the Big Twelve and top ten teams get to go to the tournament. So it's like just because the Big Twelve is weird, they still have a chance with how this is experimenting. But moving her in a completely different position almost halfway through the season is just it's just insane to me. But it really might work, you know? Yeah, she. I'm pretty sure she said like after the game, like. She's just she's never played there before, but she's just trying to understand the role better. And I mean, like, if she's the team player that she is, like, she's gonna do whatever she can to help this team win. Exactly, and honestly, because I know she's moved in more of like a defensive midfield role because like baby steps now. You know what I mean? But I guess this giving her the opportunity to be more of a presence offensively as well because she's not she's not in the mix when they're attacking. She's only in the mix on set pieces. Obviously, she's one of the tallest players out there at five ten. She's she's gonna get a header. She's gonna get her head on the ball of some way, form, and fashion, right? And that's and she scored the one goal, the game-winning goal, essentially for K State against Houston with her third goal of season, which leads all like which leads the team in goals with her third three three straight headers. Okay, that's 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 her that's her way for her to score, right? So moving her into that midfielding midfield role, they'll probably press up a little bit more and have her in it. I know you probably won't see maybe if they keep her in that midfield role, they probably won't see too much of it. Maybe till later into the season, if at all, because like I said, probably baby steps where like, yo, you just get the defensive midfield rolled. 
know, your job is learning that and then maybe later on starting to press a little bit more up the field. And then I guess at that point, she doesn't really have to because you have, you know, Morgan Strutman, you know, going crazy when she has the ball at her feet. You know, we still have Riley Baker at the forward spot as well. And like this, like I said before, this bench is deep. You got like you, you don't necessarily have to rely on her to be the offensive present because that's what she's going to do on set pieces anyway. Right. So it's I, I see I see the vision. I, I, I truly doubt yeah, I do. Because, I mean, honestly, at this point, what do you got to lose? <laughs> like, it's already a really, it was like a, a winless month for them, like with the two draws in there, the rest, unfortunate losses. But I mean, a couple of losses, like, doesn't look as bad as what the score says. Because I know against Baylor, Baylor's a good team, of course. They lost that game 0 2. Case they had some chances in there where it was just like, Correctly placed defenders in an empty net <laughs> that was able that was able to block those off, and, it, and we'd be having a completely different conversation on how well this works and how well something else doesn't work, right? But considering like you have all these freshmen, you have all these really good freshmen and sophomores, really deep bench all together, and also a few like some good upperclassmen as well to probably come in off the bench, and maybe keep things, you know, keep things settled and things like that, and use their experience when you have late game situations, and of course you use the youth and the speed and the skill that the freshmen have, but still not as much experience. So I I see where he's going with this. I really, really do. And I like it. And I like it. I'm just saying, it's just not, it's not going to show up immediately because I know I have to have patience for it. Cause I know when I watch, I'm just going to be like, Oh my goodness. I'm like, I, I just got to understand that he knows what he's doing. I'm not upset with what he's doing because yeah. why the hell not? Right. You have all these good players. They're not at that level just yet, but you keep throwing them into the fire like this. They will be. You know what I mean? I agree. I think, and like with that goal being scored in the first half, I think mm-hmm. coach talked about just being more aggressive in the first half, but like, I mean, it didn't play out for them in the second, but I'm glad they got out there early in case the 32, they could have scored 32 goals. Honestly, I feel like, like yeah, they, like, right? Cause I feel like this team is better with a lead. Yeah. And they just like, I know, I know beforehand, you know, past times they'll play with the lead and they'll play not to lose it. Yeah, I mean, here we haven't seen them like, you know, continue in the second half when they get an early first half goal. But it's said uh, they just feel it feels like they're playing a little bit looser when they have when they have a lead, not saying like the opponent can't score a second half goal. We've seen that before. Right. But it's just that this young team, they have a little bit more confidence going into the second half and they're able to do that, able to tighten up more defensively because they did the same thing with Houston. Like, like I said, yo, Houston, Houston's good. Like I get they have like a one four record in the Big 12 right now. But like, bro, they're good. They've they, like they average like what two goals a game, so, like yeah. and just to hold them to literally none. I think they only had what eleven shots and only four on goal. That's that's below that's below their average on what they're doing. Like they they are putting people's like they're putting their feet on people's necks, <laughs> like offensively when they get the ball in their in their attacking part of the field. So, and honestly, you kind of have to do you like do your props because once again, Jasmine Brown, she's not in that center back position anymore. She's in that defensive midfield spot. So. Freshman Anna Pagano, she, yeah. t- she took that center back spot. This was, I think, her first start of the season yeah. uh, against Houston. And now able to, I'm just like, and honestly, this is kind of like, like, yo, imagine like, because she didn't really, she didn't, she didn't play a lot this season coming in. She played, I think she played a little bit against Baylor. But of course, getting her first start, I'm like, this guy speaks to how well Pagano is probably doing in practice. So once again, move one of your best defenders up to that midfield spot. I'm, t- I'm literally one of your like one of your strongest defenders, right? And one of the and one of the better defenders in the conference, right? So I'm like, 
that takes some guts. It also shows probably how good she's doing as a freshman in practice and that in that defending spot and just to move her up. He was playing really well, really, really well because of it. I like I like what they're doing. I like I'm just glad it was against this Houston team, like just to yeah. have their confidence and their momentum like going into next week as well. Yeah, honestly, you gosh, they really need like need some yeah. momentum because who they go up against yeah. this like this upcoming on Monday. Number seven, BYU. Yeah. Yeah. We we know we know how good they are. BYU, we we've been new. As soon as they you know, <laughs> conference realignment and stuff like that, BYU has been their soccer program is good. Yeah. They're they are really good. And they go to Utah for this. Don't know how this how the uh, how this game will go. Don't know. Um you know, you just hope that see I'm not I'm not gonna be I'm not prepared to like to lose. I'm not saying that I'm prepared for uh, Casey to lose, but more so just can't be surprised. It's by some chance they really hang in there, maybe get like a like a one one draw or a nil nil draw or something like that. I'll go crazy. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna go crazy, but to expect that top ten team, number seventeen, number one team in the big twelve right now. We don't know. We don't know. We we don't we don't cross our fingers and we gonna hope for the best. Never again, us right because, mm. but still we gonna keep the faith. We gonna keep the faith. All right. More thing you want to keep the faith in is none other than whole field apparel. I got this really snazzy hoodie that I got from Home Field Apparel. It's getting cold, y'all. I know y'all need to get your hoodies. I need to get your hats. I need to get your gloves. I don't even know if they have gloves, but maybe they will at some point. Either way, I don't care. Go get you some purple gloves with Willie the Wildcat on them or something. I'm hey, I'm dropping this little idea for home to the pearl if they wanna if they want if they wanna spot some gloves. I'm just saying they don't got to. I'm just putting it out there. But everyone, please, please get you a hoodie, get you a hat, get you something. Because home to the pearl got you covered. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to Run It Back here on the Kansas City Sports Network. I am Jasmine Halliburton, and none other than with me today is Sophie Smith. One of the one-two punch at sideline reporting for all K-State sports. Once again, Sophie, thank you for coming on. And if you missed the first half of this episode, we talked a little bit about K-State soccer and their mad scientist era of Mike Bikini at the moment with all these type of experiments with the freshmen and other classmen and the defense that they have and moving Jasmine Brown from her center back's position up to the midfield spot of a position she's never played before. But once again, there's a there's a 
thin line between mad and genius. And right now, I see the vision. That's all because they I see the vision of like we see it immediately. Probably not. We probably won't. But eventually, if it happens, bruh, it's gonna be it's gonna be dope considering the freshman and the underclassmen that is on this damn team. You feel me? So we talked about all that. And now, Sophie, we're gonna talk a little bit about K-State Boyle with Jason Madfield getting his first right, um, top 25 dub as a new K-State head coach. So applause, applause. That was against what number 18 Baylor. And yo, Baylor has been kicking out behind for, yeah. for a little bit now. I think they had like what 10 straight wins against the Cats while well, we're going in on Thursday. Or the Cats won that one in five sets. This is a tight game, bro. This is they because they won the first two sets. Casey won the first two sets, what 25 18, 25 14 in a fairly dominant fashion, right? And then they dropped the last two sets, but really, but they were really tight though. They dropped the last two. They lost 22-25, then 21-25 to get it into a fifth set for K-State 115-13. So last, so last three sets were tight. Like, we're tight as hell. Like, tighter than a 300-pound man wearing a baggy gap shirt. Okay? Like, that, that's how that's how it was. And I was just like, oh, my God. for Because, you know, cause I know I get it's frustrated. I'm like, oh, y'all, that, y'all just win one set. Just win one. Just win one more set. Put it, pushing it to five sets. Away at Baylor, number 18 team in the country. I'm like, please, for the love of God, just finish them already, right? But either way, it doesn't matter when they got it done. It's the fact they got it done in the first, right? Well, the trend of K-State so far has been, like, winning in the first set. And Jason has talked about, like, how important that's been and how it, like, needs to be, start being consistent. And the fact that they were able to do it back-to-back, like, win the first and win the second. Like, I think that really shows something, especially being on the road. And against Baylor, exactly because I know I talked about in like one of my earlier episodes. It's like when they when they get a really good start, that's that's when that that's when they're real tough. Because I think after after their first game against Baylor on Thursday, I think they are seven and zero when they win the first set. Yeah, seven and zero when they win the first set, and I think they're what two and six when they when they drop the first set. I'm, hopefully, I did that math correctly at some point. Either two and six or two and five. One one of those things, right? So clearly, what they want to do is win the first set, obviously, right? And they were able to do that. And in this game, it kind of it reminded me of TCU because as I was watching TCU once again, that was that was in the, at least the second game against TCU. The first game, I don't fully remember because that was like what three, four weeks ago. Either way, it was it was not a great game for them. <laughs> That's was, it was not it was not a great game for them that that first game against TCU. But the second game was and once again another tight another tight game. Once again, I'm going to use that analogy. Three hundred pound men, baby gap shirts. That's how damn tight it was against TCU. But I'm like, gosh, it had me sweating. I was kind of rocking back and forth in my chair, like, oh my god, okay, like like we des- like we deserve this win. They deserve this win. Yeah. At that point in time, they didn't. Have, I don't think they had a they did not have a win against a power five team. Yeah, they of course they. Play Nebraska didn't win a set. Actually, they haven't won a set really against the Power Five team before TCU. They lost straight sets in Nebraska. They lost straight sets against uh, Rice. You know they're not Power Five, but they're still you know American Conference. I'm still counting them, right? And it just it just wasn't it just wasn't great. So I'm like, bro, they deserve this win. They deserve they deserve this win. They have to, and they were able to get the and they pull it out in very dramatic fashion, at least to me against TCU and how they've played. Against Baylor, it kind of just reminds me. I'm like, bro, you can you can see like the steps that they are taking yeah. to get good. I'm like, 
because I like I'm feeling like I'm talking to them like they're like they have a losing record. That is, bro, that's not the case. They're nine and six, and after beating Baylor, like splitting the series against Baylor, they're three and three in the Big Twelve. They actually lead Baylor in Big Twelve standings. I want to say they're maybe seventh in Big Twelve standings right now. So that's where they're at. I'm like, bro, okay, you're 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 nine and six, about halfway through the season for like first year head coach, y'all. Yeah. Y'all looking good. They're looking good, especially in this. Because you can see their confidence building. It's just they just need to, in a way, like keep that confidence going. Or what's the right word I'm trying to see here? Because they won the first set really dramatic fashion. Five, it took five sets to do it. And then the second game against Baylor, they dropped that one. They're just, I guess, ex- I don't want to call them, say they're exhausted. I know Coach Mansfield, he's saying like it's that, you know, mentally, physically, it's a lot to have yeah. the dramatic win the first, the first game and to move it to the second game. In a way, they'll probably you know fix that throughout the season, but still, okay. this, you know, bring okay. like play back to back standings with the same team. I mean, yeah. they adjust; they know what shots you're hitting, you know what shots they're hitting, and they're obviously gonna go back, adjust, and win the next set. Like, yeah, and like, bro, this Baylor team is good. I mean, they're they're of course eight to number eighteen. They think came in there, uh, what seven and. Six, I want to say their record their record really wasn't good to be honest to be number 18 but they're better than their record shows because I wrote this down like yeah yeah they had six losses coming in and four of their six losses were to top 15 teams <laughs> okay like that, like that that's what it was like this is like this man a team is like oh no it's a drop off they're not as good as they once were and like no bro they're still good they're still good they didn't have they don't have any seniors on their team as i was watching the broadcast that's what they said i was like oh wow they number 18 in the country zero seniors and they had a really tough non-conference schedule i think they played number two wisconsin and minnesota they played ohio state and who was number 19 they won that game they had, they had a really tough schedule so obviously i can see why they're still ranked number eight despite they having not the best record for someone who's number 18 in the country right so this is still a really good baylor team to come in and pretty much catch them off guard low-key on how they do it because Aaliyah Carter, she ended the game, I think a match high with 19 kills, Shaley Meyer, 14 yeah. kills, Anaya Clinton, 10 kills, so that's three players, double-digit kills. Uh, Shaley Myers had five blocks, Clinton had five blocks, then Brenda, uh, Brenda Schmidt, who I am really surprised about. She's gotten, a, yeah, she's gotten a lot of playing time this year, and I know, and she's gotten, she's gotten so much better every, like every single match, because I know beforehand, like, they were running a 5-1, and she really wasn't getting in. Her and Anaya mm-hmm. 5-1, then they switched to 6-2, and then her and Sydney started switching in the middle. Yes, because I know, because as you are saying, how they're switching and doing like the 5-1, earlier on in the season when they took Sydney out, it was just a drop-off. It just looked like a drop-off play, you know? So I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, every, every time they took her out, I'm like, oh, gosh, when could she get back in? You know what I mean? But now you're seeing Brenna... Like obviously being the six foot six queen that she is, that height in the middle is really helping. It is, and it is huge to that because her and Sydney Bull. I think, I think Sydney Bull. I think Sydney's like maybe one inch shorter. I think she's six five. Oh. Either way, like bro, having them in the middle, like Sydney is like one of the best middle blockers in the big, like in the Big Twelve. And so, and clearly she's not, she's not gonna be here forever. She's gonna, she's gonna graduate after this year, and so you're gonna have, you're gonna need Britta to really get that playing time. Because she, she's going to be the one. She's going to be the one next year, right? Because she's only a sophomore. And to see her kind of grow, like, what she's been able to do, it's just so nice to see. She's getting more aggressive offensively as well. And this, and Casey's defense 
has like improved literally like almost like match by match you know what I mean because you because you you're on the sidelines for a whole lot of it you're in the huddles a lot of it what are you hearing them talk about possibly defensively on how they get better on some of this I just think well the arena gets so loud and Jason Jason's not a yeller he won't yell he won't change his tone he won't get it like get excited he is so composed but I know in the huddle I know a lot of the players just like to take over for the first half of it and Jason and the coaches will talk and I know they just they always reiterate just like like don't lose like what we've learned like keep what's the word like just keep your training stick stick with your training you know what to do go do it like simple as that yeah. I mean, I think that was the same for offense as well. And because I think he mentioned it in one of his post games with, uh, yeah, after after the first game against Baylor, because they outblocked Baylor by nine in, yeah. in that first game, and they outblocked him again by. They hit under 100. Yeah, they hit under 100. Like, because even then, earlier on in the season, all like their defense hit. <laughs> You know what I mean? They had like, unless you're, you know, Sydney in the middle, no one else was really getting a whole lot as as far as blocks goes. But they they had like what twelve blocks in that for in that first match against Baylor. I see like defensively they're moving they're moving a lot faster. They're being like more decisive. It's they're in their better positions to get dates, and it's just like it's just crazy to see. Like I I don't know you know a lot more about volleyball than I do, but seeing more so. From earlier on in the season, how their defense was to what they are now. This, this was, this, I feel like this is rapidly improving in such a short amount of time, you know? Yeah. I mean, the season's not very long, especially with conference play. Mm-hmm. They're playing back to back. Yeah, playing back to back still in, it's still kind of moving on towards like, because after that first game, the confidence, the speed that they're playing out, and once again, a tough opponent, because TCU wasn't ranked, but I feel like they were like borderlined. Like they're like borderline being ranked when uh when K State played them at home and then moving on to of course Cincinnati. I think we lost that game in four sets, I wanna say. So once again, kind of like keeping that momentum. Yeah, like he kind of keeping that momentum after you have a really big win against TCU and then moving on to the next game and kind of unfortunately drop that one. And then same thing here against Baylor when that first set struggled keeping that momentum into the and releasing that first game against Baylor, then keeping that momentum into the second game against Baylor, right? They kind of I'm sure that's something they'll work on as the season yeah. goes and probably even more so as, you know, Coach Mansfield still be, be the coach of K State, right? So that'll improve considering how rapidly everything else is improving. Like you said, in just a short season, Sophie. So that's gonna be interesting on how they do because they get another ranked matchup. They play Iowa State, what is it, on Wednesday. That's gonna be at home. They're, yeah, they're 25 ranked. I haven't watched a lot of Iowa State matches, but I just know, like, bro, everyone's ranked for a reason. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But now you see, like, yo, y'all have the ability to beat a top 25 team. Yeah. Okay. If you, and I guess, you know, at least in my mind, like, if you can beat 18th ranked Baylor, what's stopping you from beating 25 ranked Iowa State? Right. right? And what they have to do on them, be- on them doing that. And it's crazy to see because even more so defensively as well, because Aaliyah Carter, she's she's not gonna leave the floor. <laughs> Obviously, like you know, yeah, your best your best player, she's she's not leaving the floor at all. And I know I think that emphasis is like gets to piggyback more on that defensive stuff. Her play in the back row 
because she got another see she's had what how many double doubles this season so far i want to say what three, yeah, four, three, four. yeah three or four double doubles so far this season obviously she's gonna get kills like yeah but like first and foremost she she's gonna get hers all right but her what she's doing in that back row right? so i see her improving more so defensively yeah. in the digs once again like I'm saying defensively all over everybody. They're moving faster. They're in better positions to get digs. And she's been one of those bright spots to me in that back row. Yeah. And her ability to also pass then transition out and still do it at full speed. It's exactly. Amazing. And it's crazy thing because I know that some things, of course, they'll get better. Like I said, that momentum and talking about that game two against Baylor. Yo, the number is the number is like I get, we lost in we lost in four sets, but the numbers are were very, very similar. Like uh, Baylor had fifth, yeah. Baylor had fifty-seven kills. K State fifty-two. Uh, Baylor twenty-two errors. K State twenty. The K State had a hundred and forty-three attempts. Baylor is one forty-eight. The hitting percentage was pretty much similar. K State yeah. percentage was two twenty-four to Baylor's two thirty-six points. State was separated by three assists, fifty to fifty-one. Baylor's advantage. Oh. Like you know, like yo, these numbers yeah. are like right there. But I guess the one thing that was really like the gut punch to K State is that Baylor had seven aces to K State's three aces. I mean, which a tight once again, like these this is like tight competition. These are tight sets mm-hmm. and numbers broke. They're literally. I got to talk crazy. to Jason about surveying, and I mean, mm-hmm. I talked about his errors a lot, and he just said, I mean. The errors really don't matter unless you're being aggressive. If the ratio from one error to one ace is similar, then if you're still being aggressive on your serve, then like an error is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just seems like that's like the only, guess kind of like defining because obviously it still could have it still could have gone either way because that first set once again another one Titus L Baylor ended up winning that twenty nine twenty seven and then set two. 20 25 and then k-state won the third set 25 16 and then of course a little bit of the bigger margin for baylor winning 25 17 in that fourth and final set right so these are like it literally my matter of points if the point just went this way the point just went that way once again a different conversation of how game two would have gone and they would have gone in possibly to even sweep baylor in there in their own gym Right, and it would have been crazy. It would have been something completely different. And yeah. that whole thing about carrying the momentum after an emotional win to the second game, we wouldn't be talking about that. We wouldn't. And I'm not saying like it's gonna be like end all be all. Yeah. I'm not saying that at all. Once again, this is new. Se- like this is his first season as a head coach. Very, very first. Right, and he's very experienced in doing this. So I get it. This I uh, can't fix yeah. everything all at once, but I think it's gonna be get it's gonna get fixed later on in the season. Right. So it's just it's just one of those things like girl. Say that again. I think they're going to peak at the right time. Oh, for sure they're going to peak at the right time. Like I don't necessarily like, like. I don't know how things will look as far as them getting into the NCAA tournament. Don't know. I feel like yeah. there's a there's a lot of things that have to that has to go their way to be able to do that. I want to see if I can pull up the rest of their schedule because obviously got 25 ranked Iowa State coming to town. Then uh, I think UCF is a winnable game. Uh, see Oklahoma, uh, the two games at Oklahoma, and then that's where yeah, that's where things get a little bit messy. Uh, after that Oklahoma game, they have BYU in Manhattan, tenth ranked. They're they're at this time 
their 10th rank, who knows? They might move up or down by then, but they'll they'll play BYU number 10 in Manhattan, and then they go to Lawrence to face 17th rank Kansas, and then number 8 Texas comes to town right after that. So these are three, like, three opponents. Yeah, two of them you have to play twice that are ranked in the top 25. So if they are able to get out of this stretch with Iowa State 25, UCF, and the series at Oklahoma, who knows what what this will look like. So far, I don't think anyone has had any luck against BYU. I think they're they're undefeated in conference play. I want to say that they are. Uh, I mean, that sounds right. Yeah, I mean, I think they're, yeah, I think they're undefeated. I think Texas... Uh, they might have dropped one in conference play, possibly. I'm not fully sure. But either way, this is a damn, damn tough stretch that, that Casey is going to have to get into. So if they're able to say, say they say they do win one of like first game against BYU, first game against KU, how they're going to come back and be able to do that? Because these are one, these are really good teams that losses maybe not phase them. They're going to make their adjustments and they're going to come out. How are, how are they going to do that? Right. So all we got to do is sit back and see because that that's that's all we can do and maybe we'll have a little bit of glimpse of how aggressive they'll be at these next you know four games at iowa state ucf and oklahoma so just gonna sit back watch eat our popcorn that's it and we'll be you know, right back with more run it back thanks for listening to kc sports network make sure you download our new app find it on the app store or google play just search kc sports network Welcome back to Run It Back here on the Kansas City Sports Network. If you guys missed it before, no worries. We talked a little bit about K-State soccer and Coach DeVee being the mad scientist that he's approaching in this era of his, you know, season with K-State, his 300th career. I forgot to mention that beforehand, so congratulations, Coach Beanie. Once again, that mad scientist era seems to be working out so far. Then we talked about K-State volleyball with Coach Mansfield getting his first top 25 dub against 18th-ranked Baylor it's splitting that series in Waco. And now we've talked about soccer. We've talked about volleyball pretty much this whole entire time. But now I'm excited to get into something. K-State women's basketball, bro. Look here. I I know I'm putting a lot on them because I know in previous shows that I've done on the radio station, things like that, like, bro, I expect, I, I told him, I was like, I expect nothing less than Big 12 champions. <laughs> I know that's a lot. That's a lot to put on Coach Mitty. That's a lot to put on the team. Like, bro. They are so damn capable of doing it. Get it? They were able to. You know, I think they were able to what go second round in the WNIT. That's without Eogly yeah. being out for the season. Like the potential is there, Sophie. It's there, yeah. and it's how how can I put it? Just like the excitement that is in my body. <laughs> K State team. Okay, we already have three players who was named to their. Preseason All Big Twelve. It yeah. was, of course, obviously Aokali. Like, what more needs to be said, right? Gabby Gregory, who turned out to be probably one of the best transfers that we might have ever had in in the history of K State women's basketball, right? And then, of course, Serena Sundell. Those, those, like, those are the three, right? And then K State is preseason top four in the Big Twelve preseason standings. They're at four with Texas being number one, Baylor two, which is. Surprising using past success for Baylor, even though last year it was kind of cheeks. 
And then Kansas, who actually won the WNIT. So that's that's a, honestly really fair. Honestly, I put Kansas at two. Yeah. Baylor, if, they, if, they, if it was me, if it was me, but I understand it's not what's done is done. But Kansas deserving to be top three and possibly the standings because winning the WNIT. I get it. I understand. It's not it's not March Madness. It's not Final Four. It's not that. But still, winning the like WNIT is going to give you a lot of street cred. And that's what they got. So I see why they're at number three. And of course, K-State at number four. And I honestly, if no one watched K-State women's basketball and maybe looked at our record last year, they'd be like, why? Yeah. Well, that's because they're stupid and they didn't watch. That's why. Okay. Because <laughs> obviously you got Gabby Gregory. Her coming back for another year yeah. is huge because she sees she sees what they got here, right? Yeah. She sees because honestly, she was probably, she's probably the best post up guard in the country to me. I'm like, because that was the that was the uh, concern when Aoka Lee went down last off season, was unable to go this past season. Like, damn, who who's going who's going to be that person for us in the paint, right? Bro, you're going to have, what, five foot eight Gabby posting people up and putting it in the Hogan and all over the damn place are flexing on people like, damn, bro. I'm like, so so this is what you want. Man, like the first like the first couple games I started, I was just like, girl, you got to be kidding me. I was like, yeah, oh, y'all like I was like, no, no one else see that. I'm like, all right, y'all going to see it. And it's just kept doing obviously when you do it against non-conference, cool, whatever. And you can do it in conference, cool, whatever. And not even let me not even like brush past that non-conference because if I do so recall taking down number four Iowa, okay, that was that was damn near crazy. I lost my mind in that game, and honestly, I'm I'm a little bit scared of when we go to Iowa this time around because I know they're going to remember that, and Caitlin Clark is an absolute killer. So, but we gonna worry about that. Well, all right, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But until then, obviously, Gabby Gregory being on the Big Twelve. Big 12 preseason list, well-deserved. Obviously, Aoka Lee and then Serena Sundell, like, assist queen. Okay, already at a, at a sophomore. You saw it her freshman year. You damn sure saw it her sophomore wow. year. Now, bro, she's going to have options coming into this season. So, I'm excited, Sophie. I really am. Yeah, I, I'm, it's going to be good. It's going to be, it's, bro, it's going to be damn good. Like, I get it. I don't want to put this pressure on, on the world. <laughs> I don't want to put this pressure on Coach Mitty. Coaching staff, I'm like, y'all know what y'all got better than I do. I'm this damn excited. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they're able to get a couple of transfers, one being like, what, Zania Walker from uh, Louisville. Actually, got two transfers from Louisville, and they got, uh, see, Amani, gosh, what's her last name? Aman- Amani Lester. Okay, those are two retro freshmen from Louisville that I think is going to make a huge difference. You're getting um, Deanna, she's from Wichita, so they're they're familiar with her. I think uh, Coach Mini actually even recruited her. To, to come to K-State, you know, whatever happened, happened, that little don't know had a reason to transfer, now she's back here and that's just going to benefit us even more, and coming off the bench obviously, and they got a really good freshman in Terrence side, so I heard a lot of good things about, she was like she, she was she was a bucket and I want to say she had a Phillipsburg, Kansas I'm not sure what high school she went to but it was one of, like, one of them, you know, small schools but either way, yeah. yeah she was putting up buckets, alright buckets night in and yeah. night out right so that offensive power is going to be so damn needed because once again you've still got Aoka Lee coming back They're like yeah. like Princess 61 you know what I mean yeah. the half her is going to be absolutely insane so. I think a lot of people like don't know what just because of last season they don't know what she's already done but like I feel like it's just it's gonna be good 
bro, how fast, like how fast people forget, bro. And it's crazy because she's a banner hanging up in Bramlage. Just she's gonna have another one, right? Like, yo, like her, like her number is is going to be retired. Fifty was going to is going to be retired. You put up sixty one points, most points scored. Damn, I think whatever in men's and women's NCAA basketball, like her number is getting retired. All right, so she's gonna have she's gonna have two banners hanging up in Bramlage when it's all said and done, right? But I know here, like I think I read an article. I want to say what early, early last year when she when she first got injured, or at least a couple afterwards. She said like after she got her surgery, her knee felt better than it's than it's ever been. I'm like, so you mean tell me you put up a 61 piece wing dinner off flats on one leg, <laughs> on one leg against Oklahoma, who was ranked at that time, by the yeah. way, All right? feasting on, on on one leg i'm like okay so now if you did all that knowing the double double queen that you were even prior to putting up 61 points right so like bro you gonna damn it you gonna eat okay <laughs> and it was crazy how so many people like was recruiting to kind of like in the big 12 was recruiting to defend against um aoka lee right they had a they had a lot more bigs kind of like in there but once again she was out so they're like what the hell are we going to do with these bigs? Obviously, obviously, you know how to use your bigs. You know how to use your bigs, right? But they recruited these bigs to help defend against Aoka Lee, right? Because I know if you look how, like, before last season, so you want to look at the freshman year of Seymour Sundell and the Glenn Twins, right? How it was all Aoka Lee. Like, yeah. and, and she was getting triple team. They were literally leaving the Glenn Twins, Serena Sundell, at the three-point line, open. They're like, you're not gonna shoot. We're just gonna drop back and defend Ayoka. They they gonna they gonna defend Yoki because they know you're not gonna shoot. And I'm like, what type of disrespect is this? Go ahead and shoot, but that's not what Coach Brady wanted from them at that time. Yeah. And so, I never, I never, no injury is ever good, right? But I feel like for like the development of Stray Sundell and Jalen and Bradley Glenn is that they needed to. They they needed to develop because of Aoka's injuries. Yeah, they had to learn to you know they need to learn to create offense themselves. You know what I mean? They needed to learn how to shoot in. Briley Glenn, Jalen Glenn, they're one of the better three point shooters on this team, along obviously with Gabby, right? So the fact that this like is a blessing in disguise that Aoka yeah. like Yoki was couldn't couldn't go couldn't go last season. So now they had to learn right. Where's this offense going from? Where are the options that I have for Serena to there'd be dropping dimes to Bradley in the corner or at the top of the key, whoever's, you know, running the floor at that time, right? And they were able to do that. And no, they're not going to get all like all the wins. They didn't make it to the NCAA tournament like we had hoped, but they still were able to do a little bit of damage in the WNIT. Just see what they've been able to do without their best player, one of the best players in the country. Forget the conference. One of the best players in the country. She was out. And how they were able to do offensively and even defensively because, bro, like Jalen, Jalen Glenn, she should have been in all defense. She should have yeah. been all, and Let's she was. Why I don't know. She she led the damn conference in steals. So how you will not have the person who led the conference still in all defense? I've look. I I did a really long on the radio with that, and I'm not going to do it again because I will be ranting. Oh, I will be ranting. Damn it, I will. I will be ranting, and I don't think we have time for all that. But still, but still, I, I. I don't get it. I was gonna say I do get it, but no, that'd be a damn lie. I don't get it. But once again, I think she's she gonna she gonna have she gonna come correct. Yeah. She like that error 
will be corrected. I think she's going to be coming for people's throats eventually. She's going to be locking ladies up. That's that's what I truly think because I think she's got a bone to pick and she should. And even that is going to go towards them having a really, really good chance to be big Toll champion, Sophie. That's all I say. You got any final thoughts? I mean, I even last year, I don't think they took her injury as a like setback. I think they still were like, we're, we know what we're still capable of and, capable of and we're still going to do it. I don't think it was like a rebuilding year just because she was gone. I think even though it was, I don't think they went into it with that mentality, but they, and they made it to the NIT and did fairly well. Yeah, they did. They did really well. I just, look, I said it before already. My excitement cannot be contained. Like I will be, I will be seated on my couch at the start of the season. Honestly, I still, I wish I was in Manhattan because I'd be, I'd be in that mug. I'd be, I, I'll, I will literally be courtside screaming and doing all my antics like I normally do. And I don't have to hold it in because I wouldn't be sideline reporting anymore. So you've got to hold that mug in. Yeah, like, through rares. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, you'll be good. You'll be good at it by end of year three. It'll be all right. But shoot, when they played Iowa at home, girl, yeah. I was, I, Honestly, I'm just glad that I was on the end of the court where K-State bench was and not where Iowa's bench was because I feel like I couldn't even smile. <laughs> or I couldn't even smile. I'm like, bro, we like we better go on toe-to-toe with the number 14 right now with Kaylin Clark. Yeah. Bro, we held Kaylin Clark to 24 points. You know how crazy that is? Perfect years is a lot of points, but when she was dropping 40 and 45, 50 in, like, in the tournament. I'm like, bro, I'm just telling you, we held it to 24, and I want to say 12 of them was from the free throw line, okay? So that's, that's, that's done. That's gonna, once again, it's going to be a large task to to replicate that with them in Iowa, but like I said, we'll cross that bridge when we get there, and and they do, and they and they honestly, and they want to do, and they want to go crazy and do it twice, you're not going to be able to shut me up, bro. Like you're, you're not you're not gonna shut me up because I'm gonna be screaming. I'm gonna open this damn window, scream out of it, and I want y'all to quote me. If this is being recorded, y'all gonna know if they beat Iowa at Iowa for the sec for the second straight year, I'm sticking my head out this window. And I'm screaming to the top of the heavens to people who has no care because I'm in the wrong damn city. Okay, but that's what I'm gonna do, and I'm gonna end with that. So please, thank you guys for watching. We'll be back next week with more running back. Until then, be good. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.